Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. Today, we'll be bringing you one of the most highly ranked episodes of The Wrap. That's because we'll be discussing the U.S. News and World Report Best Hospitals Rankings, which named Michigan Medicine as the 11th best hospital in the nation. Before we get into that, be sure to go back and listen to all previous episodes of the Employee Podcast. Now, you don't need to rank all 83 shows. You can if you want. But all episodes can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. The most recent shows can also be found on YouTube. And of course, you can check them out on headlines as part of the Week in Review each Friday. With that, let's bring in two members of the Michigan Medicine Quality Department, Justin Peastrew and Sandeep Vision. First, can the two of you introduce yourselves and explain your roles? Sure. My name is Justin Peastrew. I'm the Administrative Director of the Quality Analytics Team in the Quality Department. And I, along with Sandeep, co-manage a, a nice group of analysts who analyze data across the spectrum of the healthcare continuum. And I'm Sandeep Bijan. I am a general internist here at the university and I am the medical director of the same group Justin just discussed. Outstanding. Now, as I mentioned before, Michigan Medicine was ranked number 11 in the US News and World Report rankings for 2020 and 2021. Can you explain what goes into these types of rankings? Sure. So there's four key domains that go into the U.S. news rankings. Uh, there's a ranking of structure, which is things along the lines of how many patients you see, what your nurse staffing ratios look like, um, what kind of technologies you have, such as intensivists on staff, um, and a few others as well. Uh, there's an outcome domain, which is functionally two key areas. One is mortality, so how well patients in your hospital survive. Uh, and the second is how often they are discharged to home. So instead of going to an extended care facility uh, or a rehab facility, how often we're actually get, uh, able to get patients to go directly home from the hospital. Uh, then there's a couple of other areas. Uh, the biggest next one is reputation. So this is done by survey. So a US News commissioned some other people to do surveys uh, of physicians to basically ask them, where would you send a patient? Uh, in some specialty. So if you have an orthopedics uh, question, you would say, which hospital would you send your orthopedics patients for? Mostly for more difficult and advanced care. Uh, and then there's a couple of other smaller areas that are involved, such as there's a small contribution of patient experience. So that's a nationally measured scale where basically patients tell you how they feel about the hospital. Uh, and then there's a few other much smaller measures around whether or not you voluntarily participate in public reporting of data and outcomes that are of interest to patients and uh, providers and payers. So those are the major areas that contribute to the overall ranking. So it's a pretty wide ranging field of, of data that they look at. Yes. So now diving deeper into that data, last year, Michigan Medicine was also ranked number 11, but were there specific areas that differ between this year and last year? We certainly saw some of our specialties. One of the things that US News does is they will take all of those measures we just discussed and they rank 12 specialties like orthopedics, like neurosurgery, like cardiology, and they rank them all individually. And so one of the things we typically see year over year is we see adjustments in those rankings for each particular specialty. Some will move up, some will move down on the basis of both kind of some of those uh, 
quality outcomes like mortality, but also by some of the survey measures around process and reputation, that kind of thing. So that's typically, I think, between this year and last year, that's what we saw the most changes just within specific specialties, not the organization as a whole. Gotcha. Now, I know the organization is constantly tracking this type of data regarding patient safety, outcomes, mortality, things like that. Can, can the two of you sort of explain how that data is actually collected at Michigan Medicine? Yeah, it's, it's actually an interesting question because what's done at Michigan Medicine and what U.S. News does is a little bit different. Okay. So U.S. News is, uh, has to rely on outside sources of data, right? They don't ask, in this case, in the adult rankings, they don't ask hospitals to submit all this information to them. So instead, what they do is primarily go to Medicare data, so CMS claims files, and then they create these ratings. So they basically know from the Medicare data uh, what the mortality rate is, for example. Now, the issue with that is Medicare data always lags by a couple of years. So as it turns out, these data are actually at least two years old in general, um, sometimes one year old, but generally two. And they go back several years before that. So what we're interested in, in terms of much more real-time quality improvement uh, is a little different than what they are reporting, which is, again, a little bit more of a backwards view on things. Now, that said, we do, of course, track many of these measures, but not always using the same data sources. So that is one of the things that uh, people do worry about a little bit with these rankings is how actionable they are in a very short time frame, because you're always kind of chasing, you know, ghosts from the past in a little bit of, uh, in, in a way. So it's can be a bit of a challenge at times. Yeah. And we do have, we do have near real time, or at least within mm -hmm. a month or so measures that are pretty nice proxies of all the things U.S. News uh, users to rank us. So we are, well, it's not the exact same number. We are monitoring on a nearly monthly, even daily in some instance, basis of these particular indicators, making sure our performance is what it needs to be. So is that mostly coming from faculty and staff who are sort of on the ground and in the clinics or how is that sort of collected? Yeah, I would say a lot of it is EMR based. So a lot of it comes from coding of patients as they're discharged from the hospital. Um, billing data, billing we're submitting to payers is often a key piece of this. And then in the case of patient satisfaction, um, the or Michigan Medicine runs a large scale effort to collect the opinions of most of our patients across the spectrum of healthcare. Um, so we're getting those results kind of back to us on a daily, weekly and monthly basis. So you mentioned that sort of, you know, you're trying to get this almost in real time, this type of data. Why is that so important to consistently have this data coming in? Well, it, it's very difficult to respond to any changes if you're not aware of what's going on, right? It's, it's, it's actually the easier part of responding to this is just tracking it, to be honest. Uh, mm -hmm. The hard part is figuring out what to do about it. And so digging deep and working with the clinical care teams on any issues that may be coming up is actually the bigger of the two challenges. Um, but, you know, we never ever want to have things go wrong for patients uh, that are potentially avoidable. So we're very, very vested in creating a culture of reporting um, around concerns and errors. Uh, and getting those done in as rapid as, a fashion as possible so that we can review issues that come up and correct them as quickly as possible. You know, there's a commitment to continuous improvement in the system uh, around safety and quality in particular. And so that's a huge part of what we do. Yeah, I was going to say that's really a part of what our department, Sunday, and, my, and our larger team does. We're trying to keep our eyes on the pulse of the performance of the organization. 
so that we're always ready to react and bring kind of things to people's attention so that the change can really take place that needs to take place. Yeah. So what sort of changes could take place? How will you sort of take all the data that comes in or possibly take some of these rankings? I know that, the, you know, some of that data is a couple of years old, but take some of the results of this and make changes as we look ahead, you know, and, and sort of try to put into place different processes that may improve rankings or improve um, performance moving forward. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I would say the rankings are a motivating factor in the sense that they have a lot of visibility, of course. And so nobody ever wants to be ranked poorly in anything. You know, we're a competitive group of people. Um, but interestingly, I think that by and large, they really do capture areas that we think are quite essential to our performance, right? Obviously, we don't want patients to die if they unnecessarily or unexpectedly, I guess is a better way to put it. Um, so we have internal motivation to want to do that. And this is just, in my, in my view, kind of a validation of the work that we do every day. So I think it's a thing to celebrate a bit and that we have done quite well in general. Um, but it does help provide a little bit of a compass in things that we know that other people are interested in. And so we don't just have a narrow vision on only the things that we think are important. Uh, but I would say that, you know, while it provides sort of a high level uh, motivation, we really want to do get into the weeds a little bit and dig deep into the data so we really understand where our problems may lie. Um, I can give you one, ex one example from patient experience. So the patient experience measures that we collect are very detailed. Uh, there's many, many questions that patients answer when after they have an encounter with us, whether it's an inpatient or an outpatient encounter. Uh, and we do generally pretty well on the overall rankings, right? So patients say, yes, we recommend this hospital highly. We had a really good experience in general, but we do have areas of weakness, right? And we know that some of those are structural to our system. Our hospital is a little bit older. We have a lot of double beds or you know, two, two people in a room. And so maintaining things like quietness and privacy is a little bit more challenging than that domain. So we know we don't do as well on some of those things. So we're constantly trying to figure out ways to address some of those problems. And so our own data, which again, goes a lot deeper than the US news data might, um, gives us a chance to really dig in and figure out where our problems may lie and, and gives us a chance to respond to it. Yeah, I'd also say that, you know, just recently because mortality is such an important indicator of quality for health system, We've undertaken an effort to really kind of revamp how we look at mortality within the organization. Um, historically, we've done um, call mortality and morbidity reviews that are often up to a month after the fact, sometimes longer. We're in the quality department, we're launching an initiative to really get to the point where we're reviewing every death in the organization within a day or two of it occurring so that there's a lot more awareness, a lot more uh, fresh memories to bring to these situations so that we can uncover exactly what might be going on. Yeah. And I know that the organization does a great job too with responding to patient safety events and things like that, where basically if there's any outcome that isn't the preconceived outcome, the organization is looking at what happened and what went into it and what changes can take place. Correct. That's right. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you both so much for giving us this deeper dive into the data and giving us insight into what goes into the US News and World Report rankings. If you wanna learn more about how the organization did, including which specialties earned especially high marks, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. While you're there, check out some other featured stories from this past week. For instance, readers learned about the team behind the Rogel Cancer Center's Cancer Registry, 
which helps compile data that will impact research and patient care for years to come. Employees also learned about tools and resources that will help them improve their financial well-being and the Comprehensive Eating Disorders Program explained how they are providing a mix of in-person and virtual care to give their patients the help they need during COVID-19. Find those stories and much more at mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. Last episode, we asked listeners, which M Healthy campaign is designed to help employees incorporate gratitude into their day-to-day and personal lives? The answer is be kind, be well. Congratulations to Eileen McMyler with Patient Relations and Clinical Risk. Eileen, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch shortly to help you claim your prize. Now for this week's question. How many Michigan medicine specialties were ranked in the top 10 nationally by US News and World Report? Once again, how many Michigan medicine specialties were ranked in the top 10 nationally by US News and World Report? You can find the answer in this week's headline story. Once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. That's all the time we have. Thank you so much, Justin and Sandeep, for joining us today. And thanks, as always, to our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.